Before we get started with the show today, I want to let everyone know about our new merchandise store available at www.messystudiopodcast.com. There you can find uh, hats, t-shirts, leggings. Um, We got some really cool stuff there for you guys. Everything you buy uh, helps to support the show, um, and uh, it's a great conversation piece. You can let other people know about the podcast. Um, be able to recognize each other in public when you meet another fan. So uh, go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and check out the merch store. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Last week, we began the topic of mentorship by talking about informal kinds of arrangements, the kinds of mentors or mentees that come into your life in a positive way and provide rewarding relationships for both people, as well as a few pitfalls to avoid in those relationships. Uh, today, we have a uh, we have more on the topic of mentoring, uh, with an emphasis more on the formal arrangements, how they work, and how they are beneficial. Uh, with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yeah, many of us are fortunate enough to have some mentors in our lives that just kind of came along. They were friends or relations. Um, they've helped us, or we've helped them, and they're. Those are great relationships to protect and be grateful for. And we talked about this last week. But, you know, there are ways to have this kind of relationship with people we don't know. It's perhaps, as you say, a bit more formal. Um, And in these kind of arrangements, the mentor is compensated in some way. And there's more structure overall to the arrangement. So considering this and thinking well you're probably thinking if you don't have one do i want or need a formal mentor and i think your needs vary a lot but just a few examples that i would say might point to you needing a mentor is you have you've identified some need in in your work or your life or your business life um that is not being met by your current situation or people that you know and 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 maybe you've, you've tried a lot of things on your own and you just feel a bit lost um you could feel stuck or stagnated i mean that you know how do i move forward um you want su- support you want feedback it could be that you're quite isolated that you don't have a lot of interactions with people who could be helping you um, either because of where you live or just maybe you've moved into art from a different career and you just don't have a lot of networking or anything like that. Uh, another thing a mentor can do for you is hold you to your goals and hold you to what you say you want to do. And they, they can hold you responsible. And this is a very valuable thing that a mentor can provide because we can all you know, say we want something and then a week later have forgotten about it or something. And the mentor would come back and say, so what we talked about last time was, and how's that going, you know? Um, And I think on your part, you have to be willing to commit to what they're telling you, to their schedule, for one thing. Um, I know people who mentor who say one of the worst things is the the mentees just don't show up, whether it's on a phone call or whatever it is, or don't answer an email. Um, So you have to commit to the whole thing, to the structure, to the follow through, whatever they're kind of asking you to do. And I think you need to be, you need to understand your own needs and be what they call proactive, right? Not just passive, not just saying, oh, I'm stuck, help me, but I'm stuck in these ways. These specific things are giving me trouble. 
And the more specifics you can give your mentor about your situation, the quicker you're going to get going. You know, if they have to pull it all out of you, it's going to take more time. Um, and be willing to, you know, accept constructive criticism. The mentor may well give you assignments or suggestions. And um, sometimes you may think, what? That's not, nah. But I think committing to at least trying things. Um I think you need to be able to respect the boundaries of the relationship, not ask for more than what's offered within the structure. In other words, say in between sessions, you're not trying to contact the person or expecting day by day sort of hand holding or whatever. You know, you understand that there's a structure and you need to stick to it. And the last thing I want to say is to understand that mentors are not therapists and they're not life coaches. They're very focused on on your art career or your art process, and they may have their own focus. And so sometimes, yes, it's appropriate to say, this is going on in my life, it's affecting my work, etc. But, and I, I say this also as a workshop instructor who speaks personally with people, sometimes the information that people are offering up to you is is outside of your what you can deal with. You're not trained for that. It's something bigger. It's something deeply psychological. And I guess I just want to throw that out there that if you're looking for an art mentor, it's not it's not a therapist. Yeah, stay, stay not trained that way. Yeah, stay in your lane on those things. Yes, you want exactly. you want a professional who knows what they're doing. I yeah. I think that the the biggest thing uh, with people who are beginning that that stage of kind of do I need a mentor? Um, your mentor is not going to want to take you from square one. Um, you know, they, they want to have somebody who's, who's already fairly developed. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've talked in the past about 80, 20 distributions and, um, how most things can be divided into an 80, 20, uh, type, uh, divide. And, and you can pick up a lot of skills very, very quickly by focusing on just that 80% and mm -hmm. that 20% at the end, that's that's how you become an expert. Yeah, that's and, the hard part, exactly. putting it together. And that's what you need the mentor for. Mm -hmm. You want to be at that 80% oh, mark. That's a good point. Um, you know, you want to have like a fairly developed style. You want to have a fairly developed skill set. And you want to uh, bring a mentor into your life to really fine tune that and bring it to a level of excellence that you couldn't necessarily achieve without their help. Right. And the mentor needs something to grab onto right. and say, okay, here's what we're going to work with. And you have to have something to, to show them for what, you know, what you've done before you came to them. It's sort of, I guess mentorship is sort of, I don't know, it's graduate school in a way. I mean, right. you're, you're, you've done a lot of the work on your own and now you need, you need specific guidance and, and stronger guidance than you would have gotten just gathering all this stuff together. Right. And you don't even know who is an appropriate mentor for you until you've reached that point. Um, you may decide, you know what, this style of work or this medium or whatever I'm working with is not right for me. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to be 
wasting somebody's time. Or shopping too much. You may have to shop around for a mentor, but right. it is better if you be pretty clear what you're what you need, what you're going. And of course they're going to surprise you and say, right. "Well, actually, I think you need this other thing." And that's what they're there for. Even, they're even they're there a, to clarify. Even in a paid relationship, um, you know, you may you're taking up a slot of that person's time that could have been taken by somebody else who is more serious about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for the mentor to feel rewarded by it aside from compensation they they do want to feel like they're they're doing something right making a difference so um yeah all those things and i i think i think you sort of know when you're ready and i don't think you should go into it thinking well i guess i'm at the stage now where i need a mentor without considering these things like it's not just a logical next step because you've been making art for a while it's a logical next step if you're ready for it and these things that we've been talking about so then you're saying, well, yes, I do want one. And how do I find one? Um, and of course, if you know someone, that's that's golden. You know, you already know someone is doing it. You admire their work. You like them. You want to work with them. That's perfect. Uh, you can Google, of course, <laughs> which is what I did, actually. I Googled um, how to find a mentor. And I came across a website. It's called Mentorly. And it um, it matches up mentees and mentors in different price categories and different focus. Um, the The website actually vets the mentors, make sure they're qualified, and the price that you pay is according to their experience and their recommendations and so on. This is an online service only. Um, so one of the things to consider is, do you prefer to meet with someone in person? With artwork, that is probably ideal you know they can actually see what you're doing but it only works if it's somebody local obviously um other ways to find a mentor maybe somebody that you took a class with who's a workshop instructor because you've already experienced their teaching style and if they do mentorship mentoring then that's another great approach well and they're also very tied in typically to the local art scene um so a lot of times an instructor for a class that you took even if they're not interested in in having that kind of further more involved relationship um you know they may be able to uh, suggest someone yeah say hey you know this person i think you'd really like their work they're a local artist uh why don't you go talk to them maybe Mm -hmm. they can help you out with what you're working on and i mean yeah, local's great, but it could be anywhere, right? I mean, a lot of these relationships are carried on through Skype or email or sending images over the email or whatever. So it doesn't have to be local. But, you know, that's personal preference on both parts. If if you prefer to actually meet with someone in person, obviously your field of people that you can go to is definitely more limited depending on where you live. Right. Uh, so something to think about. Um, somebody who is, is more local, though, may also be more willing to work with somebody who isn't quite as developed. If you're right, if you're if you're not quite sure if you're ready for mentorship or not, mm-hmm. um, it may be a good kind of stepping stone to go and just talk with somebody locally. Mm-hmm. It could start out a little more informally then. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think uh, when you when you consider who you want to work with, I mean, I think... Some things that you want to be able to talk to them about would be your goals and intentions, whether they're pretty specific or pretty broad. Something So the mentor knows, okay, this is somebody I want to work with, um, although they can also help you define that to some extent. Uh, you have to think about what can you afford in terms of money or how much is it worth to you. If you don't have a financial constraint, what are you willing to pay? 
Uh, how or often, what can you do that's not money? Yeah, we talked in the last episode about possibly bartering something like studio assistantship. That's a, that's an excellent approach if you really don't want to pay or can't pay. Um, maybe you have a professional service you could barter. You know, maybe you can offer them something they need in their life that everybody does, and you can say, "Hey, I'll cut your hair or whatever it is that you know how to do." Um, that you can offer in exchange. So those kind of things are, yeah, absolutely possible, um, providing it works for everybody. Um, and think about, to your time, like how much time do you want in between sessions? How much do you, do you want to go into this kind of open-ended, like you, you want to just keep working with them for a long time? Or would are you more comfortable with saying, we're going to do this for four months or whatever it is? Kind of what feels right to you? Because the mentor will have have a structure that they want to talk to you about. Well, and having a length of time in mind is not a bad idea. Um, it really pushes you to achieve mm-hmm. within a within a short period of time. Um, there's a lot of people who just have like, you know, 90 day goals that they that mm-hmm. they set or, you know, uh, quarterly planning or, or you know, uh, a better example might be, um, you know, New Year's resolutions that almost everybody does. <laughs> and um, everyone forgets. <laughs> right. Well, and that's why having, you know, a shorter time period in mind and mm-hmm. goals that you're very confident that you can reach, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then building towards those longer term goals. Um, but, you know, if you have, you know, a three or four month chunk of time with this person, um, you're going to make it very valuable. And uh, yeah. uh, at at the end of that, if you want to add another three or four months or, or whatever your arrangement is, um, that's something you guys can discuss between the two of you. Yeah. And, you know, you were saying um, if it's a local if it's a local situation. Again, there can be a slight a little bit more informality to it in the sense of timing. So right. maybe it's easy for you to drop into someone's studio or them to drop into yours and when you're ready or that sort of thing. I actually mentor someone locally and that's that's our arrangement. She lets me know when she's ready and we figure it out. Right. And it's it's very it's it's this kind of nice there's a nice informality to it. But I that's the only person I currently mentor and I'm not I know that I don't have the time to commit to making this work as a mentor. So it's a it's a very it really is a very focused um, commitment of time to do it. Uh, so getting back to kind of advice to people who are seeking a mentor, sometimes you maybe you connect with somebody as a mentor and you decide this really isn't right. This is not working um, for whatever reason. Your personalities don't match or you don't understand them and there's some disconnect there. And I, I would say just at least give it, at least the amount of time that you agreed upon. If you did agree to do it for a couple months, you know, try to stick it out because, you know, a lot of times first impressions aren't quite right. And and there may be depths or sides to the mentor that you haven't seen yet. Um, and um, also, you know, communication is always important and, and not to be accusatory or complaining or whining, but just say, hey, you know, I, I'm trying to understand what you're getting at and I don't get it and I, I want to understand. So, you know, it's trying to be as open as you can. Um, and also to understand that uh, challenges are kind of part of the deal. <laughs> so it may well be that the mentor challenges you in some way, pushes you uh, into something that you're not entirely comfortable with. <laughs> and I think that's part of the art experience. So Right. 
Yeah, and I want to say one more thing on on time limits. Um, you know, putting putting time constraints on almost every interaction that you have with people, um, it actually it it seems odd, but it actually puts people at ease. Hmm. So if you if you're cold calling somebody like out of the blue, and mm-hmm. you say, "Hey, I know you're busy. I only have a few minutes to talk." Immediately, they're like, "Okay, there's an end in sight. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be trapped on the phone with this person for yeah. you know a huge amount of time." And you know, maybe when you're approaching a mentor for the first time, you say, "Hey, can we just get together for an afternoon?" You start with a 15 minute phone call, and you say, "Can we just get together for an afternoon?" And uh, you know, I'd I'd really just love to look at your work mm-hmm. and yeah. see what I can pick up. Start low key, exactly. Yeah. And then maybe after the end of that first afternoon. If, if you want to have a more formal mentoring relationship, you say, hey, uh, you know, maybe we can just get together once a week for a month, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and you can keep on pushing those time limits. Yeah. But there's always an end in sight for for both parties where if right. it doesn't work out, you can walk away. <laughs> no, that's 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 really true. And for both sides of it. I mean, I, I know that people that do mentoring, they they want usually want more structure. They usually want a way to see the end of it. Mm-hmm. Unless it is just kind of very casual, so. But it's it's a way to put people at ease when you're approaching people, yeah. Because this is a very like big commitment that you're asking from right. from both of you, right? Um, if you're looking for a mentor, um, so easing into it and putting time constraints on things can be a really useful way to just keep everybody at ease. I think that's so true. Yeah, even if if you say, uh, you know, our phone call will last forty five minutes. And you know that after 45 minutes, that's the end of it. And it, it helps focus, too. It helps focus the conversation. Um, and I know this from the kind of, it's it's not really mentoring, but when I do workshops, I meet with people individually. And I, I have my phone and I set the timer for right. 20, 25 minutes. And... It definitely focuses the conversation. Well, and almost every professional is going to mm-hmm. do that same yep. thing. Yep. So uh, I'd like to turn now, I guess, to the other side of this. Like, maybe you're thinking, listening to this, yeah, I think this sounds like a really good thing to do. I'd like to be a mentor. Right. And almost everybody should have that mindset. Um, even if you're just trying to sell your work, um, if uh, this was something I kind of touched on in the last episode, um, but your buyer is almost always going to have this. It's it's very just typical of human psychology that people are looking for a guide of some sort or a mentor. If you can enter somebody's life in that role and kind of guide them towards whatever you're selling, in this case, artwork, Um, you know, they may be uh, a business owner and they're trying to make their business look a little bit more upscale, you know, Mm -hmm. or they're trying to just make their home more beautiful. And if you can enter it, enter the conversation in that role of the mentor, then you can guide them towards purchasing your work. Uh Um, And you, you also, you need to have a very genuine passion for helping the, the person who's going to be buying your artwork uh, to achieve whatever goal they're trying to achieve by buying your artwork, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's something that is is people can smell a rat if you're not genuine, if you mm-hmm. don't really believe in your work, and if you don't really believe it'll help them in their life to make it more beautiful. Then yeah. people will will smell that and they'll walk away. So this this feeling that you have something genuine to offer, whether it's your artwork to a purchaser right. or your knowledge and experience to a mentee um 
that's important and valuable. And I think it's important to realize when you don't have that as well. You know? Right. Like you don't have, your work isn't at the point to sell or you don't have enough to offer someone. Um, so it need you need to be the expert. And that came out in the last session and the right. definition of mentorship is that the person who is the mentor needs to have a special, something special that they're offering, the skill, experience, et cetera. And that should be what you're striving towards, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing in your life. Yeah. So it all fits. Um, and, and we can talk more about the selling art aspect of this. Yeah, that's probably time. a whole other podcast. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> we, we just went on a slight little um, side trail there. But, but, the, but the mindset is the same. You know, I have something. I have something to offer. And I would like to offer it. And um, are you interested in having it? You know, so I think that first thing about recognizing what is your specific skill and and sort of defining that really, I guess, um, in terms of mentoring someone about their about their work or their art business, um, it's good if you've had experience either mentoring or having been mentored, and the, or teaching, and those are things that prepare you to communicate with the person that you're trying to help. Um, Understand your role because your role is not to control the person or um, dictate what the end result is. Your role is really to be supportive and to help them achieve what their goals are. So you need to be able to help them understand their goals and kind of draw that out of them. Um, You need to be able to stay on topic. Um, and that's kind of keeping boundaries, you know, saying we talked about timing boundaries, but there could also be topical boundaries. We're only ta- we're not talking about, you know, the fact that, I don't know, you had something happen in your life. We're trying to stay on to our work here or whatever it is we're, we're working on. Um, you know, good communication skills, obviously good listening, friendly, organized, you know, these kind of things that would enter any business relationship. Um a good role model, you know, you, you do it yourself. You have this going on in your own work. So that helps you have more credibility. And I guess in terms of marketing yourself as a mentor, you kind of need a, you need connections. You need a good mailing list. Um, you need to have that website. You know, you need to have ways that people can verify that you're the person they want to work with. Maybe some testimonials from people that you've mentored or taught before. So, I'm sure that word of mouth is probably the most important way of getting started, though. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have to be realistic about how many people you can have that relationship with in your life. Um, You know, just how many people, um, you know, you have time for. Right. And these are these are some there's touches on some of the benefits of this, too, because you can set your time. You can set your own hours. You can grow this as much as you're comfortable with. If you only want to do one person, fine. If you want to have 10 mentors and you can do that, that's great. Um, Mentees. Oh, sorry. Mentees. (laughs) This reminds me of manatees. Right. Mentees. Okay. and I think that, you know, there's personal rewards as well as the monetary. I mean, you, you're watching somebody grow. Um, I think articulating ideas helps you in your own work, um, just like teaching does. And um, so you you have things to decide going into this. What, what do you want for your structure? Do you want specific um, time limits or periods of time? Do you want to do this in person, by Skype, by email? Um and you also need to think about how you want to be compensated. And I think starting out, 
uh, from what I've been able to gather online, if you don't have a lot of experience, you might charge something like $50 an hour. That can go up quite a bit, depending on your experience, to $100 or more an hour. Um, how are you going to be paid? Do you want somebody to pay you for a set number of sessions and then let that play out? Or do you want them to pay you each time because it's kind of open-ended? Um, you know, these are all just kind of business decisions to think about. If you do, if you do interact with somebody by email, does that include any email that they want to send you any time? Does it include one follow-up email after you meet with them on Skype? You know, these kind of things. You, you kind of need a contract, really. You need to spell it out for the person what they're, what's okay for them to do. How far can they push it uh, in terms of what what you're going to give back? And I think the last thing I want to mention is, what are you really interested in as a mentor? What's your focus? Because whatever you're very excited about or have experience with, that's the best thing you can offer. So if you really know a lot about art business, then you might set yourself up as a business mentor and guide people in their business decisions as an artist. If you're more focused on studio practice, creativity, um, then that could be your focus. And that's really important because a few people can do all of this exceptionally well. I mean, I think for yourself and for your mentee, you... <laughs> your manatee. Your manatee. <laughs> you, um, it's much better to have some boundaries around it, I think. And, and I'm, people may disagree. There may be people out there who are doing it all and they're perfectly fine and everybody's happy. I guess from my perspective... You know, if I were going to mentor, it would be about it would be about the art itself. It would be about the studio practice, and I wouldn't have as much to say about the business. Whereas if you were doing it, you'd be the business guy, because that's your interest. So, you know, identifying that and just saying this is what I do. Right. You, if you're serious about this, you'll get plenty of people that want to do it with you. So you're not really limiting yourself, I don't think. But keeping it to what you're interested in. Right. And and that level of focus is going to be beneficial for everybody. Um, you know, if, if somebody's coming to you expecting to learn everything, uh, yeah. they're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah. Because even, a lot of people have this kind of vision of, of another person in their head. They say, don't meet your heroes, right? Uh. And and they, they think, oh, you know, this person is, is so good at everything that they do. And the reality is we all have things we do well and all we all have things that we don't do well. <laughs> we, we all have things we need to ask other people about. <laughs> right. So really being able to focus on, on what this person is going to teach me or what I can teach this person mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and keep things that are out of your lane out of the discussion. I think that's very good. Um, well, I think that that about uh, wraps up this episode. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, yeah, I guess just kind of put the perspective back on what this is all about. I mean, that for for a long time in, in art history, being mentored or being an apprentice was really the only way that you could learn from another artist. So uh, it has this huge long tradition and now it's just one of other choices. I mean, there's there's workshops and there's instructional videos and there are books and there are all kinds of ways to learn uh, as well as college courses, all kinds of opportunities that way. But there is something really special about the, the mentoring relationship. And that is, um, it's the only way really to get that very individualized, personalized feedback on a regular basis. You can get it in a workshop, uh, but a workshop is, you know, four, five, six days, and then you're gone. Right. So an ongoing personal interaction with somebody who is absolutely focused on 
whatever it is you're focused on, <laughs> whatever you decide you're going to focus on. I mean, that's incredible. And um, it's it's very worthwhile. So finding the right person, finding the right situation could be very valuable. Um, and, and if you're in the position of wanting to mentor, I'd say it's not a bad small business. I mean, it's something you can set up and run on your own terms. And just be very honest about your own qualifications and your ability to do the work. Right. And your time commitment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space. Messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.